eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're you're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. The top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagada at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what is up? Oh, changed it up on me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> not, not, usually ask, how are you doing? No, how uh, are you doing? Not, not much. Late, uh, a little bit late to the pod because uh, I wanted to get a workout in at the gym. My fiance had to work late. She always comes with me. So this is a very exciting update on my life is that I made it. You look, he had to j- drop in. I had to get my workout in. I was at the gym. Did you, did you, did you go to the gym at all? If you never mentioned it on some type of social You're media right. or I guess podcast. You're right. Do you lift bro? That was good. Man. I, 100%. Are you a I wonder, I, I mean, I like, I'm not like a big lifter. I actually didn't even get a lift today. I just did uh cardio because I was like, I don't want to make them wait 30 minutes, 45 minutes. I'm like, I'll just make them wait 10 minutes. Just oh, so that's that. why we're recording late. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. In. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, that's all. I uh, last year I didn't do any workouts when I was doing all my football stuff, and I feel like it hurt my uh, mental health. So I'm like, oh, no. I want to make sure I do that all the time. So. Do your thing, man. Um, I was <laughs> I will say I did not work out today. I had a toaster strudel instead, so I was doing the opposite of what I probably should be doing. Uh, because toaster strudel, I will never look at the what's really in one of those things. Sometimes they just so work. Your toaster strudel over Pop-Tart. So I did think about this after I toasted it, that it's one of the hardest things in the world to toast because you don't want to overdo it or you'll have a burnt one. And that's terrible. Nobody wants to burn their mouth. And you will do it like medium size to almost hot. And it's cold on the inside, hot on the outside. It's, it's a difficult thing to do. Um, but yeah, I am a toaster strudel over a pop tart, but sometimes you got to make tough decisions in life. 
I was always a pop tart, pop tart kid, so I feel like that just nostalgia is the only reason I still eat those on occasion. It's just like, oh yeah, brown sugar cinnamon, let's go. We love it. Everybody, let us know your favorite pop tart. We are dying to hear it because maybe they'll send more questions. But credit to you guys. We'll get to the Q. Nobody asked that question, but you got the answer anyway. My favorite pop tart is brown sugar cinnamon, and Lindsay is just a toaster strudel girl. She does not care about those pop tarts. I don't. I don't. If I was on an island, there was only one thing to eat. Yeah, for sure, I'll eat a pop tart. It's no big deal. Um, but obviously there are, <laughs> you would think there's the worse Bengals, things in this world. You would think the Bengals are losing by like the whole entire season if we started a podcast with working out and Pop Tarts and Toaster Strudels. But that's just really the opposite. We're just in a good mood. Three and three, five hundred right now. I think if you were to look at the schedule back in September or even before the season started, for some reason this Falcons game is just um it's questionable i don't really know what to think about it right now I, I see the stats i hear the predictions i hear from the people in atlanta i know they can run the ball i'm not really terrified of their quarterback but uh what's the matchup going to look like for this defense that's kind of beat up right now for the Bengals versus the falcons offense yeah i mean their offensive line is a good run blocking unit um not something i would have thought going into the year because i didn't think too highly of most of those guys but uh left tackles doing a good job jake matthews he's always been basically jake matthews is kind of the career arc i'm hoping for jonah where it's just like yeah he's always a solid left tackle and uh you pay that and you're fine with it um but he doesn't break the bank too much and then uh right guard chris lindstrom seems like he's taken a step so he's playing better especially in the run game so they got a really good run blocking unit and um, I think they can hide some of their pass protection issues because they run the ball so well that they just play action pass and Mariota any quarterback with legs is going to slow down that pass rush a little bit because I'm going to be worried about him escaping the pocket so you have all that to consider Um, I think that they could run into trouble if they let this T if they get off to a slow start which they have done quite a bit And then they let the Falcons have the ability to just run the rock um, without one of your starting linebackers, even though I think they're fine there without DJ reader, I have way more concerns there. So yeah, I, I think there is a recipe for the Falcons to really make this game annoying and maybe their offense will be good either way, but there is also the recipe for a Bengals blowout. If they can just get out to an early lead and try to force the Falcons to throw to keep up because I mean, 99 of 100 times, I think the Bengals are winning some type of shootout. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. I don't really know what to expect from them when this will be their third game at Pecor Stadium, which is crazy to think when you're already in week seven. Uh, Week one, everybody knows how that game went. Thursday night football is unbelievable, but the atmosphere is in prime time. Uh, it was really cool to see nothing like that at Pecor Stadium before. Everyone's finally back. It's going to be 78 degrees and sunny. I can't stop saying that because it's been freezing all week. Uh, the weather won't be a factor at all, but I agree with you. The biggest thing is getting off to a fast start. That sounds so predictable. You're going to hear a coach say that every game, offensively, defensively, with this team. But if you're this team, you're doing the coin toss. So are you deferring it? Are you going for it? Because you're at home, three and three. Get off to that fast start because you know what you're going up against with this Dolph or with this uh, Falcons offense. Falcons, um, sorry, sorry about that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm just a big proponent of defer because I think if you can control the middle eight minutes or so, the end of the first half, start of the second half, that's just such a huge momentum swing. But also, I mean, 
scoring at the end of the half and then scoring again at the start of the half is just the biggest way to, you know, change a game, deflate the opponent, take all of that momentum. Or even if you don't believe in momentum, still you're getting two scores for the price of one. So that I'm just a big fan of the defer. If they can, if they can manage the clock well, not a hundred percent sure they're going to be able to, but I would defer if it was me personally. What would you do? Because you do probably want to get off to the fast start. And I guess by deferring, you could give the Falcons an opening script touchdown. One of my favorite things from last year, it was my favorite drive from this team. And it was early on when Joe Burrow took them down the field. They were wearing the orange jerseys. The Pittsburgh Steelers were in town and they just drove it all the way down where Joe ran it in. And I want to see this offense just come out there early in the game, put seven up and just sit and cruise control, have fun. Because one of my favorite things about the offense last year is when they would get those leads. doesn't happen all the time in the NFL, but they had a couple uh, multi-score leads early in games. And I was like, this is fun. I want to see what else they can do. And most of them were in the AFC North, which is crazy to think about. And obviously the Detroit Lions game in the second half. But I want to see this offense just have some fun out there, continue to connect. Uh, we'll obviously get to what we think is going to happen in our score prediction at the end of the podcast. But that's what I want to see. I actually want to see them get out there and be aggressive and, and see this offense again. Because if you think about the second half against the Saints, there was such a long period of time before we saw them touch the ball again. And they were finally in the groove of things. Obviously, it's a different opponent. It's finally back at home. Uh, I, I want to see that again because I think we're finally seeing this offense chemistry, connection, giving the ball to all the different receivers and playmakers out there that they're really just fun to watch. But one thing that's a little concerning because – he seems invincible, and we rarely see him on injury reports. Uh, Jamar Chase was a little new today that he was limited due to a hip injury. Uh, you know, some fans are going back to the game and say, well, when he did this or he landed this way, it didn't look that great. Uh, is that something to be concerned about right now? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, I don't think I'm concerned about it. Uh, I, it just doesn't really have the vibes of a he could miss this week type thing. It's more so he's a banged up type thing and... At some point, basically everybody's going to be banged up, um, whether that's on the injury report or not, uh, doesn't really matter too much. I guess this means it's more severe than just your normal bumps and bruises, but I don't expect him to miss the game. And that would be my main concern, because if he misses the game, then yes, I am uh, moving into terrified. But I pretty sure like they got rid of the probable designation. But I think if there was one for it, that he would be probable. Yeah, and then there's some guys on this team where I'm like, you could go the whole week without practicing, and I'd be totally fine if you showed up on Sundays. No offense to what an NFL practice looks like, but it's not hardcore or anything like that. Not that they're not, but I'm just saying the practices during the week because these guys are beat up. Nobody's 100% right now. Some optimist, optimistic news, though. Wide receiver T. Higgins, full participant after that ling lingering issue with his ankle. I think that's awesome. And to have him back out there almost fully, I would say almost fully, even though he's a full participant, uh, 90 to 100%, what his ankle had been looking like two weeks prior is great news for this offense. Yeah, I mean, 
playing on it, the issue I think that you could have is that it lingers, but it sounds like it's still getting better, even though he played on it. So uh, it looks like they he he made the gamble and it worked out, and he's getting even better each week. Just have to hope he doesn't roll it on a block or some or gets it caught underneath somebody this week to set him back. But look looks good. Yeah, that that's great news <laughs> to get the full participant. We're an optimistic podcast. So I'm just going to try to bring that out. Speaking of some of the playmakers, it's a revenge game for tight end Hayden Hurst. And maybe it's too good to be true. You're you're seeing your former team. We weren't going to get the reps with obviously the tight end that they were able to draft. But what can we expect from the tight end position? And then if, I mean, obviously Joe's going to get to his receivers again. He saw what could happen last week again in Louisiana when you get it to T. Tyler and Jamar Chase. But do you think Hayden Hurst will be a factor in this game? I think Hurst is slight factor. I, I think this is a Hurst touchdown week. Um, I'm not even basing this off of what their defense does schematically or anything like that. But did you see like how inspired he played against Baltimore about like trying to prove something? And I think Burrow kind of like feeds into a little bit. He gives him some extra targets. So I I think this could be a Hurst week where he wants to prove the Falcons what they're missing. And, uh, you know, you got a couple of receivers a little bit banged up, even though they'll play, they'll take most of that attention away. And now you've got, I don't know, I, I think it's a little bit of a Hurst week. What do you think? I love it. I think so too. This guy's just different. I know there was a lot of talk. Well, I don't even, this is not a CJ Uzama slander podcast. I promise. I don't, I don't believe in that. He did a lot of good things last year as a hype guy in the locker room, but I just feel like Hayden Hurst is the real deal at the tight end position. There's so many catches, not even so many catches, but moments. The Dolphins game will always stand out for me. The extra yards that he got uh, against the Saints, he Almost that was almost an interception. He goes and grabs it one handed. There's just plenty of opportunities that when Joe does get him the ball, this guy is awesome to watch. And, you know, maybe the hype stuff is is overrated. But when Jamar had his touchdown on the mic'd up series, he was the first one to meet him in the end zone, just slapping his helmet, which is very questionable to me. I don't recommend slapping someone's helmet um, because it's huge. Everybody slaps helmets. It just hurts my head. So I don't recommend, uh, but I know they get hyped up. And I I just think this guy, I I agree with you. You see a little bit in the Baltimore Ravens game. And I know a lot of people want to see him more involved, but the Bengals have a good problem. You have those three wide receivers. You have Joe Mixon on the ground, who I feel like is starting to heat up a little bit. And maybe Joe Mixon will surprise us and have a little bit of a Joe Mixon game, you know, to be determined on what that looks at really what the score looks like at that point, if he does. But uh, yeah, Hayden Hurst is always a viable option too. We'll flip sides to the defense right now. They're banged up. We knew it. DJ Reader's out to be determined on if he comes back for the Cleveland game. I still think it's going to be after the bye week. Again, that's just an assumption. I don't think you throw them out in there against Cleveland and then obviously the Carolina Panthers game before you go into a week off, and it would be lovely to get him back. But a little bit of optimism on the Logan Wilson front. Zach Taylor has changed it from week to week. We hope it's week to week to maybe day to day. He's not throwing out Sunday, but Logan Wilson's not going to play on Sunday. Yeah, I was going to say, do you believe that? No, not at all. What's the percentage chance he plays five snaps on Sunday? Is it greater or less than two? So I'll say this about him. We said it last It's not, nothing to do with him. It's just doctors would have to clear him is all I'm, I'm saying. I'm not saying that Logan Wilson, you know, isn't tough enough to play or yeah. anything like that. 
No, I agree. Logan Wilson's a different kind of dude in a good way. But I, for some reason, I go back to last year in the Chargers game, he gets injured. And I remember the week that he returned, Zach Taylor talked to the media. It was either a Monday or a Wednesday. And Zach Taylor was talking and he was like, uh, the linebacker room was dealing with injuries. Obviously, I want to say Akeem Davis Gaither was injured at that time, but just um, said, you know, we hope to get Logan back soon. And then all of a sudden, Logan was back the next day. And he couldn't have been fully healthy. He obviously had surgery on the shoulder that he re-injured in the offseason. He still came back to play and almost made the play of the game in the Super Bowl. So the guy's different. Um, you know, I'm not saying he heals different than other people or anything like that. But, you know, hopefully you do get him back soon. I think this team is smart and the medical staff when it comes to him. There's no reason to rush him back because I still feel like they do have depth at the linebacker position. Obviously, we're not Logan Wilson. He's one of the best defensive players on the other side of the ball. But at the same time, um, I think it would just be smart. I mean, you think of a long-term situation, especially if this team starts to get into it over the next couple of weeks and they're right back in the conversation or still leading the AFC North, or at least tied with the Baltimore Ravens, that you take your time when it comes to Logan Wilson on his return. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to, you know, sell – Logan Wilson's long-term health for the Falcons game. I know maybe, maybe the Browns game, but <laughs> not, not an <laughs> NFC opponent that I, I should feel pretty confident in winning. I mean, I'm not trying to look ahead, but that Browns game, everything sounds terrible about it. It's Monday night football. It's Halloween. And I can be negative about it next week because I hate everything about the time frame of when this game is. And it's on the road. I know it is October, almost November, but I can still complain about the schedule. It is pretty messed up that you put Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Cleveland Browns on the road for primetime games for the Bengals. Not great. I don't know. But I don't know. This team does play pretty well in primetime, it seems, but at least way better than they used to. <laughs> so I'm not as worried about it, but no, I'm uh, not worried. It's honestly which one of those was a home game. That's why I'm selfish. I'm more selfish because I like it at home. I'm okay with losing sleep if it's at home down the road in September and October versus being, I, I mean, it's on the road. That's, I don't like it. I think they got screwed there, but you know what? Doesn't matter because the schedule's already made and it's week seven. This is when you know that they got some good problems when you have a lot of primetime games, but most of them are on the road. Yeah, at least I got their Thursday night game at home. I feel like that's the big one if you have to go on the road because now you're losing a practice day in a short week. So this one uh, for for preparation, things like that, uh, not that big of a deal. It's just, I don't know. I, I would like one of those games at home. Yeah, and honestly, we're looking ahead. That's what we shouldn't do. We need to think about this Falcons game because it's going to be scrappy. It's going to be close, and a lot of people think that. They're both 3-3, three and three, which is wild, and Cincinnati shouldn't be 3-3, three and three, but that's just what it is. We'll, get, we'll be back next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati to answer your questions.